Welcome to the My Muy Bueno Chefs Get Personal podcast. I'm your host, Justine Murphy, founder and CEO of My Muy Bueno. I'll be interviewing a different chef each fortnight, but asking the very same questions and their answers are all very different, which is what makes each interview so inspiring. Well, hello, everyone. Hope you are all on top form. I'm so excited for this interview. I tell you what, I literally afterwards, I kind of had a spring in my step leaving and real pinch me moment, I think. Out of all the chefs I've interviewed so far, this one really made such an impact, a real wow. That felt like a highlight of my career, having the privilege to be able to sit down with this chef and interview him. He's everything you would expect and so much more. So lovely, so humble, so fantastic. I went to The Cut, which is in Park Lane, of course, and I hadn't been there before. So did the interview there at the hotel and on the same day I'd interviewed Pierre on the last episode. So I had a real wow day, quite frankly, <laughs> really buzzing and walking on marshmallow shoes. He was absolutely fantastic. And yeah, I've got to go and eat there for sure. I need to at some stage eat his amazing pizza with the smoked salmon and the caviar. That definitely is on the to-do list. And obviously, Elliot is there, who I met not too long ago when I was at the Dorchester, Tom Booton's Grill at the Dorchester, rebrand, relaunch. And that's how Elliot and I met. And he's absolutely lovely. So definitely need to be going back and doing a visit at some point. It shall happen. But for now, before that, let's go straight into this pretty epic interview with Chef Wolfgang Puck, everyone. Enjoy. So a very big welcome. Thank you. The legend that is Wolfgang Park, everyone. Thank, Thank you, you very much. For... Oh, it's a pleasure to be in London. I love London. It's wonderful having you here. So you're Thank... here for, you're doing a pop-up for the yeah, next few days. Yeah, we are doing a Spago pop-up here wow. at Cut for five days, basically. Start today, Thursday, until Sunday. Wow, absolutely fantastic. What yeah. a treat for London. Yeah, absolutely no, incredible. it's going to be good. Have a few of my childhood favorites and obviously our smoked salmon pizza. We're going to have the tuna. Cones oh, and wow. The pastrami. And, oh, my uh, goodness. So, and a few of my Austrian childhood favorites, oh. which we have in the wintertime at Spago, like the Wiener Schnitzel and the, the beef goulash with spätzle and oh, also lobster dish and fish and everything. Yum. So. Sounds amazing. Incredible. Yeah. Everyone's going to be well fed, enjoying yeah. all your classics. Amazing. So, Wolfgang, how old are you now? Oh, my God. Um, how come you ask me how old I am? I have to I'm, ask. Uh, I have okay. to ask. Okay. It's through to ask a lady, but a lady can ask a man. I, okay, good. Yeah, that's what I wanted to say. <laughs> 73. So I've just interviewed Pierre Kaufman this morning. He's 74. So oh, there we so go. He I'm just a... beat you by a year. Look I'm at that. I'm the younger one. Yeah. <laughs> you are. <laughs> and what a career you've had, though, spanning so many of those yeah, years. I'm, I mean, it's... Still a, I'm still at the beginning You're of spring my chicken. career. This yeah. is it. This is like, yes, exactly. Um, exciting times ahead in all the ways. But how old were you when you first started cooking professionally? Well, I left school when I was 14 and I started my apprenticeship then. I moved out of my parents' home when I was 14, moved 50 miles away and started to be an apprentice. Wow. Uh, yeah. 
From the age of 14, you moved 14, out. Because yeah, since... your mum was a chef, right? My mother was a chef, exactly. And, and she... your dad didn't want you to. My father said, be a you know, chef. cooking is for women, it's not for men. Oh, it's, it's wow. Get a real profession like <laughs> a carpenter or a, a mechanic or something like that, which is a man's job, apparently. But I liked cooking, so. That's your passion. You're yeah. enthusiastic about it. You followed your dreams. Yeah. Wow. So, where was your first actual job? So the first After. actual job was uh, in a hotel called Hotel Post in Villach in Austria. Okay. Stayed there for three years, got wow. my uh, certificate, you know, after finishing Your culinary uh, training. Yeah, the yeah. training. Then I moved to France. And it really started for me, a light in my head went up when I went to a restaurant called Beaumaniere in Provence. Okay. And there I, I was 19 and I said, I want to be like this guy, the owner, Raymond Tullier. And, you know, he was the chef, but also he brought Elizabeth Taylor in the kitchen and Catherine Deneuve in the kitchen, wow. I remember, and some politicians, Pompidou, who was then the prime minister, came. And so I thought this was fascinating because the food was amazing. He had uh, six gardeners working. They, he owned some land there okay. where they, all the vegetables, the fruits, berries came from us there. And uh, we had uh, olive trees, so we made our own olive oil. Wow. But he really liked me. He was the first one who took a liking to me and somehow thought maybe I have some talents because each time he went on vacation or went somewhere, he said, oh, Wolfgang has to make the sauces. Wolfgang has to be in the kitchen when I'm not here. That's fantastic. He took you under his wing. He trusted you. He believed in you. Yeah. And, and it sounds like you were really inspired beca- by yeah, him as became, well. With, he became my mentor, really. Incredible. Yeah. And just the interaction he had yeah. with everyone as well and just washed off, a lot of it washed off on you exactly. then, really. Just, yeah, so I think it was exciting to, to be there and I stayed two and a half years there. Wow. So I really knew the restaurant in and out, which was amazing. I get paid very little and just last summer I spent five days there as a customer, which is oh, a good way. amazing. I <laughs> yeah. love so that really set your foundations up, though, I really. I know, for... but that's where it really started. Because before that, I wasn't really sure I'm going to be a chef or not. Because, like, I had a friend of mine who was a few years older than me, but he was a truck driver, right. and he made so much money. And I, for me, in the kitchen, I made little. Nothing. He made probably four times more than what I made. I said, you know, I don't know if cooking is really a profession. You can't make any money. So I said, maybe I've become a truck driver. But after Beaumaniere, after Raymond Tullier, I changed my mind. I said, no, this yeah. is what I'm going to do. I want to do this. I love this. I'm enjoying yeah. it. Yeah, totally. And then look, it paid off though in the it end. It paid off in the long <laughs> run. <laughs> Wonderful. So Wolfgang, what is your earliest and fondest first memory of food? Well, I remember when I was a young kid and on Sundays, my mother used to make Wiener Schnitzel and mashed potatoes. That was like my favorite. As a matter of fact, I liked it so much. So I ate a lot of the mashed potatoes and saved half of the Wiener Schnitzel for dinner. We had it at lunch, so I made like a sandwich and ate the other half, yeah, because I liked it so much. Wonderful. Schnitzel's good. I was in Austria not long ago, actually, in Lech, and I had my first ever schnitzel, and it was incredible. Absolutely delicious. Which chefs inspire you most, and why? Well, for me, it was certainly Raymond Tullier at Beaumaniere, because he changed my life. But I also saw in him somebody more than just a chef. He was a great writer. He was a painter. He was wow. the mayor of the village. Wow. What a guy. Uh, he he wow. made wine. Yeah, yeah. My no. goodness. He was really a Renaissance man. And I think 
that's when really I said, wow, you know, there's more to cooking than just being in the kitchen. You know, you have to run your restaurant. He had the hotel, you know, they had like 40 rooms or so. Wow. So it was really... Manager as well. Yeah, people, you have to so manage many... the whole enterprise, yes, really. And of just to keep three stars is a hard thing, you know. So he was... Uh, Started the restaurant after the war, and after eight years, became a three-star restaurant. And uh, still wow. today, they are three stars. Absolutely incredible! Yeah. Wow, wonderful. What are your two favorite cookbooks, and why? Oh my God, there are so many amazing mm. cookbooks. You know, <laughs> <laughs> if you had to pick two that you found in your life that really did maybe help well, you, or in yeah, the early you know, days, it or changed over time. Okay. Like when I was young, there was no internet. Of course. Yeah. So you had to get anything, you had to buy a cookbook. Yes. So I remember when I got the, the first cookbook from Paul Bocuse as a young guy, and I said, wow, that's amazing. He's a famous chef, but he also writes cookbooks. So that is really a great memory for me, and the way he made the fish and puff pastry and things like that, which we still sometimes make now too. Ah, amazing. And then I think from the more modern one, I think there are a lot of great young chefs today. Even like here, I remember the, when I bought Esther Blumenthal's book, uh -huh. a big, beautiful book, oh, or Yannick Ayeno, who had a beautiful book. Yes. So there are so many young chefs today who really publish beautiful books. But I also like books from other countries, from other style of cuisine. If it's Indian, like Otolenghi makes great cookbooks. Oh, yes. So. There are so many good ones now. So diverse, yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Which two ingredients could you not live without? Well, you know, I think if we only would have two ingredients, I would live probably somewhere in Poland or <laughs> in Slovakia where they only have salt and pepper. <laughs> but I much rather would move to India and have spices. <laughs> When you're cooking, there's certain things that kind of you always use, certain ingredients that you well, simply could Well, let's say not talk about salt and pepper. I love ginger and oh. I love chilies. Oh, yeah, I love chili. Love a good kick to yeah. and ginger too. So do you enjoy curries then if you love yeah, those two I things? I love curries. I love uh, Mexican food oh. and so there are yes. a lot of things. Yeah. Yum. Lovely. What is your favorite comfort food to cook at home? What is my favorite? Probably oat, oatmeal for breakfast. Oatmeal, okay, just because it's comforting. Yeah, and when, when uh, like in LA, it gets never so cold. But this winter, we had a few times where it was raining and actually fairly cold, and because it was snowing in the mountains behind LA. Wow! And I said, okay, and oatmeal is really makes you feel good. Then. It is, no. but that's not really my regular breakfast at all. You know. Okay. Uh, but I think uh, I thought it was comfort food when we eat with the family. Generally, we eat simple food. We go to the farmer's market all the time, buy vegetables. I always make steamed vegetables, put a little olive oil and some sea salt on it, and we eat it. Lovely. And then maybe have some simple grilled chicken or simple, I had some fish. Lovely. Delicious. And uh, Just the simplest. Yeah. Too, but... And then my wife cooks good Italian food. Like she makes great pasta bolognese mm -hmm. and uh, lasagna. And uh, she's Ethiopian, so sometimes we have Ethiopian food. Too, Fantastic. So. You eat well at home yeah. then. <laughs> Good. Lovely. Now, if you could eat at any Michelin star restaurant in the world today, where would it be and why? Well, to me, I just was last summer at Beaumanier and I went to many three-star restaurants, you know, from uh, where my son used to work with the Roca brothers or I went to three-star restaurants in New York or 
in many places. But Romania really has a different experience for me. When I sit there at the terrace and eat, and it brings back my youth when I was working there. And uh, I mean, so many great souvenirs. To me, that's the most special place. Okay. Is there anywhere out there that you've wanted to try? If you could transport yourself, if if time and your very busy schedule and yeah. flights and everything else was not an issue, is there anywhere on the other side of the world that you would like to go? Or well, anywhere? I think there's so many great restaurants, I think, these days. And I don't can mention all the names or forget some of the names. Like, I know there is a great three-star restaurant in uh, Bangkok. There are some really good ones in Japan. And yes. I think to have some different cuisine would be really interesting to okay. get away a little bit from French-style cooking. Yes, just to expose yourself to something completely yeah. different. I mean, Japan's meant to be incredible. Yeah. And just immersing yourself with such different ingredients and styles totally, and yeah. everything else. Wonderful. And of course, well, when you go to eat, who do you take as your guest? It's usually your wife. Generally, I love to go with my family, actually, to eat. Nice. But when we go to a three-star restaurant, I like to go with friends who are really into food. Yes. My wife likes food, but after the sixth course, she said, She's okay, done. I'm done. done. Okay, like, okay. <laughs> we, we, we went to Ilbuli and it was like 35 courses, and I think... Uh, <laughs> She ate maybe 10 and I ate uh, her food and my Oh, food. my goodness. You had like a 50-course meal. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, we went to another restaurant, I remember, and half of the dishes had pork in it. She doesn't eat pork. Oh, so, no. You know. So passing the so, plate over, swapping over I know. the plate. So she said, I didn't order the tasting menu. You did. So <laughs> eat it. <laughs> Love it. Okay. What do you look for in a good chef? Well, I really love young people who have passion. Yes. You know? You can see how they look at vegetables or a fish or whatever, and they get really excited about it. And I think if you look at somebody, just like in life, if you meet a person, you can feel the passion, you know. And uh, the same thing is if I meet somebody who really loves to go to the fish market or to the farmer's market and things like that, I think technique, I can teach them. Yes. But passion is very difficult to, uh, yeah, it's very difficult to teach, yeah. Good. So that enthusiasm, that yeah. hunger, that eagerness. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. The curiosity so and the willing to learn and everything is great. But once you're passionate, then everything comes behind you. you absolutely. Know? Couldn't agree more. What advice would you give to chefs starting their career paths now? Well, I really think it is important for young chefs to learn first the craft and be patient. A lot of young chefs want to be on television, want to own their restaurant before they actually know more than just cooking 10 recipes, you know. You have to be able to manage. You have to be able to make money. If not, uh, you know, it's called the restaurant business. If you don't make money, you won't stay for a long time in business. So I think it's really an important part to be patient and learn and make the mistake at somebody's, uh, somebody else's money, you know, really. Yes. You know, if you make a mistake, if a chef works with me, he makes a mistake, upsets a customer, you know, it's the money for the restaurant, but it's not their money. So yes. you have to learn, really, and be patient and learn your craft. Great. Thank you. How... Did the pandemic affect, because you, I mean, it's not just one restaurant, you've got a whole group, you've got an incredible, you're reading your, your whole career, yeah. it's just amazing. I mean, congratulations on everything. But how did the pandemic affect you and your whole group? And how did you adapt and evolve throughout? 
I think it was very difficult for us because we didn't know when it's going to finish. Yeah. I remember when we started, when we had to close down, we started doing takeout like at Spago. And I gave people, we had a menu for, uh, I think, $48 or something, so a takeout menu. But people got like a smoked salmon pizza. They got uh, salad, some soup, a main course, and dessert, and bread. Nice. And I said, okay, you know what? This is normally we would charge three times more, but I want people to be happy because I thought it's going to be over in two or three weeks. The way Trump was talking, I really believed. I said, you know, maybe he's right this time, you know, and said something smart. And <laughs> I wanted to believe that by, you know, by Easter or by 1st of May, it would be over. And then it continued and continued and continued. So it was very scary. Thank God we had some landlords who were really understanding and we didn't have to pay rent. And, you know, we kept some people on staff and some we couldn't because we didn't have the money really for that. So I think it was a very difficult time for everyone. But, you know, the most difficult one was for the people who had people who got really sick and God forbid who had losses in their lives, you know, lost a parent or somebody, you know. So that's really difficult. We got lucky. We only had one chef in uh, Las Vegas who lost his brother in Mexico. But if not, everybody else came out. And I think, you know, if I have to look back, money is one thing, but life is the most important. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Can you share any wisdom from that whole experience so far? And like, did you find that you changed in that time? Did your cooking even change? Did you make any changes in that time? Because obviously we're all at home so much more as well throughout. Yeah, we were at home a lot and, you know, it was difficult to get along at home. You know, I never stayed that long at home. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so it was different. It was climbing the walls. I, I remember <laughs> when I got COVID, like in 20, and uh, the kids were in Switzerland in boarding school. My wife went to see them too, and I was home alone and switching through the channels and hearing how many people died every day. And so and I was thinking, shit, I don't know what happened. Maybe tomorrow I don't want to wake up, you know. Yeah, yeah. I was sick, but not really badly. I was like having a, a good flu, you yeah. know. But I never thought what will happen the next day or whatever. So that was really scary. But I think at the end in business, we learned how to do with less, with less people, because a lot of people, young people also thought, you know what, I'm going to try something different, you know, and not be in a restaurant five, six days a week, every holiday, every Saturday or Sunday. And so we lost a lot of people to different professions. So it took a while to get back to a normal uh, way of doing business. But we also learned maybe we had too many people that we could cut maybe 5% of the employees, okay. you know. So we didn't have to fire them. They just didn't come back. I okay. mean, it was hard for us to go back to business as usual yes. because we didn't have enough people. Like yeah. Spargo, when we started out again, we were open, open five days for lunch and seven dinners. And still today, we are only open six days for dinner. Right. Okay. Shave, had to shave off that one service yeah. that day. Yeah. Just... So we do less customers, but the restaurant is profitable and we learned how to operate better. Well, that's great. And yeah. I think there's this balance now as well that's come from the other side yeah. of the pandemic. Everyone's having kind of having that extra bit of time at home is good for yeah. the team and everyone comes back rejuvenated. I think, yeah. And we reevaluated our life, what is really important. Mm -hmm. We found out, you know, that family is a priority. And, yeah. yeah people around you that you love it's wonderful yeah. right well that's the end of our interview but before i finish with you i'm obviously going to say 
how is the Oscars? Because you, you dominate that. That's, you own that. That's your baby. I mean, you've been doing it for how long now? Well, we are doing the Oscars for 29 years. Uh, that is absolutely uh, incredible. I mean, And, and it wow. was actually cool this year. We had Elliot, the chef from Cut, doing some English dishes. So he was making a beef wellington, he was making fish and chips, and oh he was goodness. making a trifle. Quintessentially British. Uh, totally a British thing. Love yeah, it. so it was great. And uh, I put him at his station right next to where they did the engraving of the Oscars. So <laughs> everybody came over and he actually told me, oh, that's Brendan Fraser bringing <laughs> over. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> start though how did you get the gig in the first place because you never could have foreseen that it would continue for no. 29 years and counting to the rest of time i mean really well we did an oscar party at spargo in the old time with swifty lazar who was at one point a famous agent wow like he was like humphrey bogart's agent oh, and, wow. everything. and he was already in his late 70s early 80s when he did it and when he passed away, I couldn't do the Oscar party because if I invited somebody and not their lawyer and not their doctor and they, and they were good customers, they all complained to me. We did it one year. It was a disaster. Oh, gosh. Because everybody said, well, I'm never coming back. They yelled at me on the telephone. I'm the worst person and uh, profanities and everything. Oh, my goodness. I said, this is not worth it. <laughs> but the academy, the board of governors, always wanted me to do their dinner already. And I said, no, no, we have our thing at Spago. That's enough. Okay. And then I said, okay. Maybe I'm going to try to do that. That way I don't do the inviting. They do they the do inviting. They do it. They yes. can handle that. I'll do the cooking. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. And that was it. So you did the first one and then yeah, the rest is history, 29 years later. And it was so interesting because before they always had some different caterers doing and they had a whole group, some of the governors, some of the board members did a food tasting, you know, and okay. they always got into fights almost, you know, of what they want to have for the main course or whatever. They said that one wanted chicken, the other one wanted fish, <laughs> one wanted steak. And so when I started with them, I said, I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to cook what I think is yes. right. I'm going to make you it taste good. <laughs> and uh, you can make the choice just the way I don't tell you how to make a movie. So, Ooh, like and they it. said, okay. So I made, I made them uh, the food and they said, oh, that's great. Thank you. That's and they it. said that was the best tasting we ever had because we had no arguments. Wow, fantastic. It's just yeah. incredible. And since then, we always do it. Absolutely amazing. It's a lot of food as they, well. They, I mean, yeah, yeah. They still would like to do the tasting. I said, you know, this is so stupid. Why do I have to do an audition? You know, every if, time. It's like I, a wedding. I, I, I you have told, to go into a tasting for a wedding. Them, I told him one year, I said, if you would have Frank Sinatra sing, you would have him audition to do a thing. <laughs> I was a little pompous, maybe. <laughs> But it paid off, though, yeah, clearly. Yeah, yeah. They, liked... no, they said, no, 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 but we like to do it. So I said, okay. <laughs> because I told him, you know, we give you that or we write things down and then we do what we like to do. And we know what our guests like, you know, if it's Papa Streisand or John Travolta course, or whoever comes. because you already know them from your I know them that's, already. That's yeah. really nice. So that influences like, your, the menu that you're going to do yeah, on a night. So we meet so many people. Like this morning I did a TV show, ITV. And the Duchess of York was there too. And she said after she came over and I gave her some food and everything. And she said, I remember you from Los Angeles. Yeah, That's wonderful. Really wonderful. Yeah, Really special. Wolfgang, thank you so very much. It's thank been an absolute you. pleasure to interview you. And absolutely, you're going to inspire everyone listening too. Thank you. Great to be in London. <laughs> thank Great you. Great to be here at Cut and Do Some Spago Food. So. Absolutely. Absolutely fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. 
there we have it. Wolfgang Puck. I mean, legend. Two legends. One after the other. But yeah, this one really got me. I think, yeah, I jumped in a cab after and I was heading back to my muy bueno and um, just literally kind of got emotional almost. It was a real moment, you know. I just felt truly, yeah, honoured to have had that time with him, to interview him, for him to share. I think some of my questions were, <laughs> he's a bit surprised about <laughs> been asking his age. <laughs> but yes, we got there, we got some great answers and just great to be able to get personal with another incredible talent, share a little bit of that individual with all of you. Just what a personality, what a talent, what a great human being, really. So yeah, I'm looking forward to going to have something to eat there at some stage for sure. Running out of time this year. Again, I keep talking about time, but I've got so many visits I have to squeeze into this year and um, days are already disappearing on me. But we'll make it happen. And that's it for today. Have a fantastic next fortnight. More great interviews, of course, ahead. Get following My Muy Bueno so you can see all the things I am busy doing and sharing. Some big updates coming soon. We've just been having a bit of a rejig. Go follow My Muy Bueno Chefs for all things about My Muy Bueno as a company. Obviously, that's where all of our podcasts are housed. You can see all of the visits ever made on the video highlights. And of course, going to start sharing all the other elements of what we do within the group but most especially going to be sharing all things NACA, My Muy Bueno Academy of Culinary Arts, which is launching this autumn. Very, very exciting. And that is it for today, everyone. So wishing you the best next fortnight and whatever you're doing in these last few weeks of summer, go and squeeze out some sun wherever you possibly can. Keep on keeping on, keep working hard, keep smashing it, keep all the toxic people out. You know the drill by now, or the recipe and the formula for a good quality of life, personally and professionally. Use hashtag MyMoeBuenoChefs, of course, when posting your best photos and being part of our ever-growing culinary community. Have the best fortnight, everyone. I'll be back in two weeks' time. <laughs>